Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Rosalind Fung. She is an Akashic Visibility business coach, a facilitator and trainer of flourishing life coaching and certification, a speaker, a three-time international best-selling author. She's also a kick-ass second-degree black belt, so don't mess with her. A Reiki master, a divine compassion multidimensional healer, and a shamanic practitioner. Welcome, Rosalind. How are you doing today? Hi, Brad. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I'm very excited to have our chat and be interviewed by you and hopefully give a lot of value to the audience. Oh, I have no doubt that you will be bringing a lot of value to the audience. And I am so excited and honored to have you here today to sit down and speak with you and and share and learn a little bit more about all of the things, Rosalind, and all of the magic and light you put out into the world. So thank you for making and taking the time to be here with me today. I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you and the platform that you put together. Thank you. So all of those things you do, Rosalind, I mean, that's a hell of a lot of hats you wear and quite an extensive resume. So I got to ask, how do you find the time for all of this, Rosalind? And how important is prioritization and organization to you in order to stay on top of things? Oh, okay. So think of me as a healer, a psychic, Uh a spiritual shamanic (laughs) practitioner (laughs) lies as a business coach because I am not just a typical business coach. I love to bring in all the energetics as a former psychologist. It's really important that we have healthy leadership mindset and that we get out of our own way with shifting our limiting beliefs and align them with where we want to go in our biggest visions. And so When people work with me, what that looks like is I meet them where they're at. So I work specifically with life and spiritual coaches. Many of them are also like myself, multidimensional. And sometimes, you know, it's not the strategies that are going to help them move forward if their beliefs about themselves are holding them back. The fear of showing up, the fear of judgment if they show up. The money mindset is another thing, asking for the sale or even receiving money. These are things that really do hold us back. And so that's where I can come in and do some belief shifting through a a subconscious somatic healing way that I'm certified in called Hikomi. And then we apply the strategies, if you will, to help them move forward. So I bring in the alchemy of all of who I am. That is powerful. Very powerful. Yes, it is. (laughs) (laughs) 
And it is. I can't. It's really interesting. I can't explain the work that happens because it is very experiential and the transformations that happen even in a session with clients. And just they feel different. Like yeah. they see with new eyes after, or like even just the way they're approaching sales or money. They're just see and feel different about it after a session. Like, okay, now then it's integration and now it's time to go practice and put that into play in the new way of being and showing up. And so with time and organization, that's how I'm very efficient. I bring all of who I am into one. <laughs> but honestly, it is really important. And what helps with that is having a clear plan, a clear path to that's really aligned with our vision. So focus, which is actually my word for the last little while, and I think I'll carry that into 2023, is really important. Being able to focus on the things that really will help us move forward in our life and in our business. I'm very curious then, with all of these hats you wear, with being a serial entrepreneur, what does your morning routine look like? Ooh, I love this question, Brad. <laughs> Seriously, it's the most important time for me. And because it's like, I love my mornings. For me, I always preach about the most important relationship is the one with yourself. Well, it's the one with spirit, but it's also with yourself. You know, I find that way too many times people wake up and then they start scrolling on the phone or looking at social media. They're turning on the news or the radio and already you're reactive mode. For me, what I often suggest to others is start the day with going into relationship with yourself and if you're spiritual with spirit. And so whatever that is, high power, high self, God, spirit, Buddha. And so for me, I wake up usually around 5.30 or 6 and I'll change into my workout clothes. I'll go and take my supplements after I go to the bathroom. We all do that. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the bodily functions. Yes. And then I'll open the Akashic records, which I know we're going to jam a little bit more about. Uh, yeah. Basically, I'm connecting in with spirit and I'm connecting in with my guides, my angels, my ancestors, and channeling some answers. What do I need to know today? How shall I serve today? How shall I show up today? What is important for me to know today? And sometimes I'll pull spiritual cards for that uh, additional messages I'll journal. So I just really sit with myself and with spirit and ground myself in the day. Now, I also have a very busy mind. So my ego mind might, you know, come in on, I'll just need to write my, I don't call it a to-do list. I call it an abundance task list. Ah, I like that. <laughs> so I'll kind of brain dump if that does need to come through, you know, such as like, what do I need to get done? Who do I need to delegate that to? Whether it's people on my team in my company, or if it's like literally more of a family personal thing. And then right. sometimes often my channel messages for content marketing, you know, marketing myself on there, out there uh -huh. aligned with my brand. What do people need to hear through me comes through very clearly. And so I may jot down some of the content marketing that I want to put out there. 
and then I work out. <laughs> and then you work out. And, and then and my kids it. get up at seven, my husband gets up, <laughs> and then it's mom life time. You've got that me time, though, which is yeah. great. You've carved that out for yourself every day. And I would imagine that's a non-negotiable. It is a non-negotiable. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, if I miss that time, I notice I'm not as grounded. Like I'm more mm-hmm. anxious. I might be a little bit more irritated. So it's really important for me to have that time and for the world. <laughs> they want the best. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's important for everybody else in your world. <laughs> <laughs> Rosalind, what drives, motivates and inspires you to keep going, pushing and excelling at all that you do? My purpose, really, which is helping, I, I'm like, I love showing up in the world and then supporting others to show up in who they authentically are. And I have this ability to see people's gifts. And I, Brian, you were one of them, right? <laughs> and I Thank have you. to really be like, I see you. I see what's possible. I see, you know, where this could go. I feel like that's one of the gifts that I was given by spirit. And so for me, it's showing up and giving people permission to, because of how I'm showing up, to be themselves too in the world, to you know, that thing we try to hide about ourselves, that thing that we think, oh my gosh, we're going to get rejected and judged so much for. No, like that's the piece that we can show up with and really like step into because that's part of our magic. That's part of our power. And and so I love to support and really show up. I'm, I'm like just, I get so jazzed about helping other people. <laughs> and I think what keeps me going is relationships. Like for yeah. me, Brad, authentic relationships are everything in my personal life, in my professional life. I get to become really close with my clients too. And some of my clients yeah. become my clients, you know, like it's just because, I mean, really the world is all about relationships. We're not meant to do things alone. We're meant to do things in community to know that we can create that safety in the world together. For sure. I totally and wholeheartedly believe that relationships are the cornerstone or the foundation of entrepreneurship. They are it. That is what we put the building blocks on when we're building our business is that first level of relationships and community. Thank you. I love what you just shared. And I would say the other pieces as a mom, I have two boys, they're eight and 10 and I want them to see that you can create the life and business of your dreams. My kids are already very business minded. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. They witness my husband and I talking lots about our dreams, our businesses, the impacts we're making. Like we, those conversations are very opened at our dinner table and they're really inspired and I want them to have a strong woman role model. Yeah. Because my kids, I know they're just very heart centered and I want them to be able to empower, like yourself, Brad, be men (laughs) who empower other women for equality as well. I think it's important that we as parents start to instill these values and let our kids know that they are capable of doing anything they want from a very, very young age, because that way they just grow up not knowing any different, that it's kind of like it's kind of built into their DNA. If we keep reinforcing that and keep talking about it and sharing it with them and enforcing those values, they just 
they grow up not knowing any different. Yeah, absolutely. And I can see sometimes they're not so receptive of it, but (laughs) (laughs) I'm Um, sure while they're kids after all, (laughs) I can see how even last night I asked my older son, I said, Hey, are you doing some supervision? Because he loves supervising the younger grades at lunchtime. He's like, Oh no, all the grade fours have taken it. He's in grade five. And I said, well, why don't you ask the teacher or principal, whoever is in charge of the the hours for supervision? And he's like, well, no. And I'm like, why not? Like, if you don't ask for it, you'll, the answer is no. And I could hear him for once not be resistant and go, oh, maybe mom's got a point here. (laughs) Mom knows a thing or two. (laughs) I could feel him turning his wheels. And I said, listen, in the real world, in the work world, usually you don't get handed down promotions. You need to go and ask for it. You need to have a voice around what you want and go for it. And I could hear him just like literally wheels turning and I could feel that be like a new belief for him. And I feel yeah. like it's something that was so important for him to know moving forward. That is awesome. I love it. <laughs> Rosalind, what inspired or, or occurred for you to get you on this path to doing the work that you're currently doing? Because as you mentioned, you were a psychologist and we're going to talk about that a little bit later, but What inspired or shifted or happened for you to get you on the path that you're currently on? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, being a psychologist is so much part of my story. So I'll actually rewind it back to the year of 2008. And I was competing in a figure bodybuilding competition. And on the outside, my life looked completely quote unquote perfect. So I had just started a private practice with as a psychologist, as a student psychologist, it's called provisional. So you're not quite registered yet. So you still need to jump through quite a few hoops. Okay. And I was a newlywed, uh, still married to the same man. We've been together for 20 years, married for 16, very happily. And a second degree black belt in karate and a role model to kids, teens and adults. And so on the outside, I was, I had like checked off all the societal check boxes, you know, and I was very confident in everything that I did. But Brad, behind closed doors, secretly, I was struggling so much. I was struggling in really like my self image, my self worth. And I was struggling with disordered eating. So I was restricting my food, binge eating, feeling guilty, beating myself up. And then my form of purging was by over-exercising. And this went on for years prior to this bodybuilding competition. So I got into bodybuilding for all the wrong reasons. And it was not quite self-aware back then. I was about 25 years old. And I came in last place on that day. And I was so devastated because I was like, how could I have worked so hard for this body, sacrificed so much, and came in last place? So that led to a breakdown, which at the time, I think my ego was so big, I did not go get help. (laughs) I was willing willing to go as a therapist about this new method called Haikomi. And what Haikomi means is how do I stand in relationship with myself and how do I stand in relationship with others? Because we're always in relationships. So it's a mindfulness experiential method 
where it combines neuroscience, psychology, and this thing called spirituality. (laughs) (laughs) Of course, when you're learning something, you cannot not work out your own shit. So I realized I was unconsciously operating from this belief that I'm valued in my doingness, in my performance, in my status, my titles, and you know, all the societal stuff, rather than my beingness. And my doingness was never enough. And so from there, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I'm an overachiever. I'm a perfectionist. I'm a hardcore type A, no pain, no gain. Keep pushing, pushing, pushing. And so that was the very start of my journey to awaken and start to come home to myself. I don't believe that journey ever ends. And learned the art of being perfectly imperfect and uh, slowing down. And so fast forward, I got certified in Hikomi, which is what I talked about earlier, that approach where I can shift subconscious beliefs really quickly when I'm working with my business coaching clients. And also I got certified in eating psychology and I work with many former versions of myself. I became the go-to psychologist in my city in food and body image. And I was now at this place seeing all this, this community I'm, I'm creating with my clients and just the transformations. So I was driven by like, wow, what else is possible? Like, I feel like there's, this is me on purpose. Like what else is possible? I get very lit up when I see transformation and I'm like part of it. I'm like, Oh, and so I became the first psychologist in my province to create an online program in 2016, 2015, 2016. And that was a lot of red tape, Brad. It was, I did do a lot of research, you know, consults and figured it out legally and ethically. I'm like, I know it's possible. So I figured it out. And then what happened was more doors open. I got my first international speaking gig. I got to write a four page article in a magazine called how to flex your self-love muscle. And they put me on the cover of a magazine. It was a women's fitness community. And so just a new, I, I was somewhat spiritual at this point, but not fully. Like I believed in energy and, and there's something greater beyond me. And so I just like really let that continue to flow out and follow that. And fast forward, I started doing some heavier uh, personal development. I thought I need to work on my money mindset. This is in hmm, 2016, 2017. And I went into a group coaching program as a client through integrity seminars. And and I manifested because we had to find our accountability buddies blindfoldedly. And so my accountability buddy was a seven figure award winning business coach. Well, you can't make that shit up, right? So (laughs) she was there for her own personal growth, of of course. And then like, of course, we became really close. And then I ended up hiring her and it was so scary you and I off off uh behind the scenes um at some point we had talked about investing in ourselves and how yeah of a stretch that is and yeah. for me Brad it was a big stretch it was <laughs> a thirty thousand dollar stretch so <laughs> it's like wow. but you know it really was that I believe in my mission so much I believe in myself 
And I know that confidence only comes from taking courageous action. So I did it. And she helped me start my self-love coaching business. And at, at that point in time, I did not have any conscious intention to retire as a psychologist. I loved being a psychologist. But what ended up happening was as my self-love coaching business grew, I loved it so much. I was like, oh my gosh, there is no limits here. I can work with anyone anywhere. Why I started this in the first place was because people were reaching out to me and I couldn't work with them because they weren't in the same province that I was licensed in. And so for me, I had been certified as a Reiki healer. I could bring in my intuition more. I just felt like I had more permission to be me. And so eventually I decided that I need to, because I was confusing myself and I was probably confusing, my messaging wasn't clear. So I was confusing the people out there and I'm like, I don't know where I refer people to. Is it to my therapy business or to my coaching business? (laughs) (laughs) So my self-love coaching business grew very fast too because I speak and sell and that's what I help my clients do. And that's what helps me sell out as a psychologist as well which really wasn't a thing. Like, I feel like I really trailblazed in that area, going around speaking and selling. And so, oh, I made the scary leap of faith. My business coach was like, all right, Ross, you got to set a date. Oh man, was I so resistant saying a date to retire as a psychologist. And so I did. I set it out to be six months. We had a business plan. So that strategic wise, there was the foundations already put in place. And then when it was time to renew my license, it wasn't even a big deal anymore. I even had a big coming out party to announce that. (laughs) I love it. I rented a hotel, um, big conference room, like just it was free for women entrepreneurs to come. And there were about 150 women entrepreneurs. Wow. I ran the whole show facilitate the whole day for these women to really have breakthroughs. It was powerful. And I just knew that, you know, if I can do this, I can do anything. And so I was able to sell my high ticket mastermind and have not looked back. So I've been able to create six figures working part-time only in my self-love coaching business. And that's not counting my therapy practice. So it's been abundant. And so coming back to the journey, I've just continued that inner work, the spiritual work. And that's how come I have all these spiritual tools, if you will, (laughs) as a multidimensional healer, as an Akashic record reader, um, as a shamanic practitioner. I just love learning. And I just feel like if somebody could pay me for the rest of my life to learn, I would love that. (laughs) Also, also really love helping others. Like it's people, you know, that question, you know, if you could do anything for free, like just as like, whatever, what would you, would you still be doing what you're doing? I'm like, yeah, like that wouldn't change. I love it so much. That's a beautiful thing when you can find your purpose and it lights you up so much. And to be able to have that purpose also impact and give back to others is the best feeling. And I honestly think that's like winning the lottery twice. Oh, I really do. And you know, I always preach the more money you have, the more good you can do with it. And the more we can contribute. So I love that I can like, one of my values is contribution. So for me, as when the years I was like, I'm like, okay, I'm building my business. I can't give as much volunteer time, but I can definitely get more money. So 10% of my profits go to different charities 
each year. So that's awesome. It feels really good to give back. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. Now you mentioned the Akashic Records a couple times now, so let's talk a little bit about that. Yes. You say that you have the ability to access them. For those who don't know, can you explain a little bit about exactly what the Akashic Records are and how they how that works? Absolutely. Okay. So the Kashuk Records, I got certified in 2020. Shortly after I learned I was a medium. I'm like, I'm like, what? I'm a medium? I'm not sure if I can open that up. But <laughs> anyways, my girlfriend, Deanne Rondeau, she and I met at a, a birthday party through a mutual client and friend. And then we just got to talking. I'm like, what do you have to do these days? And and she's like, oh, I'm teaching the Akashic Records. So what is that? Because many people are like, I've heard of that. I don't really know what it is. So how I like to explain it is it is accessing God consciousness, non-religious. And what, what I'm doing is I'm channeling masters, teachers, and loved ones. So these are angels. So masters are with you all your life. Teachers are with you for specific lessons and loved ones are people that you actually knew in this lifetime that have crossed over. It could also include any souls from miscarriages for those that have had that. And so once we're in the records, now every reader is different. In fact, I hesitate to call myself a reader because my sessions, I don't do business without it. Even as a business coach, I always open the records up with my clients. So we open up my clients' records because their guides are going to be coming through. So this is me using my psychic abilities with messages that our logic couldn't otherwise have. Now, once we're in the records, Every reader is different. So the way I read, we'll say, or channel, Uh I'll use the word channel, feels more like, is the messages come in as a knowing, as like kind of like my voice, I hear them. If it comes in as energy, so it's really strong. I feel what my clients are feeling. I also see things in visions, images, and sometimes they show me Disney cartoons as references for something. It's really cool. That's wild. And so I'm also very kinesthetic. So I move a lot. So if I move to the right, they're showing me my client's soul purpose and their future, what's aligned for them and the possibilities. And I always like to say possibilities because it sounds like a freaking like cheesy eight ball fortune thing. (laughs) So it's what's possible. And then they also move me to the left for past lives. So usually they show me past lives because if my clients can ask any questions they want, the only ones I can't answer are how long will this take and when will this happen? But I can generally get right. a time period. So okay. show me, if they ask questions around why do I have a block around this or show me about this relationship that I'm having conflicts in or why am I like not getting new clients? What's blocking me? I'm noticing my money's leaking. What's blocking me? These are some common questions I get. And so sometimes they'll show me past life and that there's been a life where there's these kind of patterns that have blocked them in relationship or in power. Power is a big one, actually. They got killed for being powerful or they had a lot of money, but they got taken from them. Or there's a lot of like interesting stories around actual death right. lives. And so with relationships, it could be similar things or just conflicts. It's very interesting because especially when I don't like I really just. A lot of people come see me when I don't really know, know them. And so when I name something, they're like, that's what's happening in my current life. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. So I'm like, (laughs) so it could be like your, your current spouse 
was in a past life with them as their father or their it could have been they could have been in a spousal relationship back then too but we what we do is i have the ability to clear things with light language which is a language that only our soul can understand it's language of love of light it bypasses our cognition and so it has a, a light language clears and heals it also amplifies and activates things for the highest good and truth and so sometimes I'm, they're also showing me past life because our souls have multiple lives and they're showing me a powerful archetype that the soul of the client was in a past life. And it's, it's being asked to be activated in this lifetime aligned to support them with their soul purpose. So again, I do that with light language and everything's permission based. So I don't, it'll be so obvious when the clearing needs to happen, but I still ask for permission and it's a very empowering process. And sometimes with blocks, they show me the present life of the client, but it's them being a child. And so that's where I'll name what I'm seeing, what I'm witnessing. And then we bring in Haikomi, which is the somatic healing approach. And then I might bring in my Reiki healing dimensional energy to really heal some of whatever needs to be healed on an energetic level. And so Business coaching, of course, comes in. So when we look at visioning what's in store, what kind of business. Yesterday, I just actually had a a new client. She's an Akashic reader herself. And she was asking me about her offerings. And I get the guidance about, and I didn't know her. She's new for me as a, a new person. And I could energetically just feel what was aligned. And I could energetically feel what was not aligned. So I was able to share with her how to rearrange things, what she's working towards, why why is this happening? It's really cool. It's just really fun, especially when, again, strangers has come and have a session and I'm like, okay, this is what has built my confidence. <laughs> and then they're like, oh my gosh, that is how actually what's happening this lifetime. Yes, oh yeah, okay, that makes sense. And even yesterday I was able to see this client's future program. And so again, I see things in energy. And so so for this client, I said, your branding is like purple with gold. Like this, this uh, I didn't know it was her branding, sorry. It was like this high level program she was supposed to be putting out in the world. I said, it's, for some reason, it's purple and gold. And she's like, those are my branding colors. Wow. So, that's really cool. That is, that's incredible. Rosalind, what in your opinion is the most important quality or skill set as a business coach? Such a good question. And the first thing that comes to mind is, oh, there's two, Brad. Oh, okay. Two. That's okay. okay. I'm going to say integrity uh-huh. and embodiment. I'm like looking at the time. It's one, one, one when I said this, my time. <laughs> So I say integrity because it covers a lot, right? That whatever our values are, whatever, like, and for me, I think integrity over, because I'm like, okay, integrity or authenticity? Well, I think that if we're integrity, we have authenticity because we're being integrity to being authentic. So to integrity of, of what our values are and then showing up in that alignment with our values and our actions and how we're like really presenting in the world and embodiment to me means you are living what you preach about what you say you're you're doing what you say you will do and for me like for those who are listening that are coaches and entrepreneurs and 
for me, I always talk about you need to be selling the transformation you already embody. So people feel, you know, there's a little bit of a maybe calling out of the coaching world. I see people who are trying to sell programs so that you can get richer, change your money mindset. And yet I know behind the scenes, they're struggling themselves with money. And I'm like, that's not integrity. Like you can't be selling something that you yourself haven't actually transformed in yourself. And so for me, that's why embodiment is so important is you are walking your talk and people feel that if you're not being authentic to what you're saying, to what you're selling, people feel that. And so, and that, and then deep inside, the person also doesn't truly align because they know themselves, they don't have the results. And so what I've seen in the coaching industry is nobody buys because they're not being authentic. They're not being in integrity. And so embodiment also means that you are so deeply home with yourself, that you're so embodied in your values, in your truth, that you are in this space of being, I mean, we're human, but It's about being so unwavering in your truth, in how you're showing up. And that's not the same as don't be flexible. You still got to also be flexible. (laughs) Of course. course. But it really is about people can feel your energy and how deep you are by the way you show up. Absolutely. That makes total sense. So Rosalind, what would you say is your greatest strength as a coach? My self-belief and my, my belief in my clients, I, I, I know that people always say, I love your energy. And I appreciate that. I think that is, I don't know, like energy is a strength. I definitely don't want to minimize that. And, but energy is really about my embodiment of who I really am. And I guess that would be my strength. But I also want to say one thing that people often say to me, my clients say to me is, you believed in me. You um, saw what I couldn't see sometimes. And you held space for that breakthrough for me to move into that next level. And I see it. And, you know, I have a strength of being able to lovingly call people out so that they don't stay <laughs> stuck in their shit. <laughs> and, I mean, obviously, my clients are coachable. They're very open. They take radical responsibility. And so when they know I'm lovingly calling them out and invite, and I say that in a really playful way, right? Like, yeah, I just kind of invite you. Isn't that the little saboteur? <laughs> <laughs> so, but sometimes I'll just call it out. and, and get Sometimes that. you have to. Tough love, right? Yeah, exactly. And they're just like, thank you. I know my business coach is the same with me. And I'm like, thank you. She's like, that's why I love how you're so coachable. I'm like, well, pff, I'm investing high ticket. I'm not wasting my time. <laughs> <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> so it really is. I feel like it's one of my strengths. Is, like I just naturally believe when I see, I see like someone's potential and possibilities. I just hold them to that higher standard. Not from an ego perspective, from a, from a place of, holy moly, I see what's possible for you. And I'm going to support you in stepping forward. And stepping into that power and that authenticity. Absolutely. Rosalind, how and when did you discover you had the gifts of being a healer? Ooh. (laughs) 
How much time do we have? <laughs> okay. I, you know, Brad, okay, I'm going to try to like keep this with uh, how to, where I want to start. So let me put it this way. I didn't know for the longest time I was one of those people that were so scared of psychics. I was so scared, like this is growing up. This is all the way till I was like 30 years old. I'm 41 now as we're recording. I was so scared to go in those like haunted houses in yeah. at carnivals. I was so, and like I knew it was an overreaction energetically, but I was so scared. I remember one time, I, I don't even know how this happened. My, my husband and I went into a carnival haunted house and he's like trying to run away from me. And I'm like crying. And he's like laughing. At me. <laughs> my husband is a quite nice man. I'm the one picked up that. <laughs> he was laughing. <laughs> and he's like, you're a second duty black belt. Like, this is ridiculous, Ross. I'm like, I don't understand, but like, don't leave me. And <laughs> this is probably when I was in my 20s. And so fast forward, one person that has been like, interestingly, one of my influencers in this opening and awakening was my colleague, Lynn, who, Lynn Kostrzak, Dr. Lynn Kostrzak, who is um, a psychologist, and she was the owner of the place where my private practice was for 11 years. And we started out in a different private practice, and we just really connected. And she, being a psychologist, was the one that actually opened my intuition. She's like, hey, like, she's very intuitive herself. And so she just kind of gave me some different ways to look at when we were consulting about clients. And I was like, oh, what? Tell me more about this. And so I noticed that I was able to help a client who wanted me to tell her she was crazy to say, oh, you got some gifts here. And so... Along the way, the private practice is in an old, old heritage home. And so we had a psychic party. This is just after I had my very first psychic reading when I was 30. I was at the tail end of mat leave with my now 10-year-old son. And I just remember all the women there were talking about ghosts like it was no big deal. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm having an overreaction. Like, this is freaking me out. It's funny now because these are the kind of people I hang out with now. But, (laughs) (laughs) and so I was just like, oh my God, you guys, I can't see the psychic. I I freaks out. Anyways, long story short, I did see her. I didn't quite get answers of why I was scared. But then that same week, my girlfriend, Andrea, flew from Ontario to Edmonton. And I started telling her this. I'm like, I don't understand why I'm so scared. And within a minute, she's a psychic. So within a minute, she was like, Roz? I see you as a five-year-old girl-ish, like very young, trying to open the door and your parents are on the other side of the door saying, not until you calm down. And immediately I had a flashback. My body remembered. I started to feel light. I started to cry. And I'm like, I remember that. What happened? I remember being there. And she goes, you saw an earthbound ghost, which is a ghost that doesn't know it's dead. And so I was like, oh my God, I remember too i remember he looked like a i don't know 45 year old man overweight had a plaid shirt on and trousers i can see it clearly to this day wow and he was yelling at me and my parents but my parents can't see they're atheists Uh they're not open to this world but i could as a young girl and andrea told me that he was yelling at us to get out of his house And at this time, we had just moved from Calgary to Edmonton. I was about four or five, and my parents were having the house that I grew up in being built. And so we were staying in this rental. And so 
from that day, I immediately hired Andrea to, I'm like, cause I got these gifts I didn't know about. And now I'm a little bit more open. And so she's a shamanic healer herself. And so she helped me connect with my high self. Then from there, I got certified in Reiki. And then all of a sudden I got gifted light language in 2019 and I didn't know what to do with it I was like oh my god I've only heard two other people speak to it and I always felt like oh it feels like home when I hear this and I just energetically knew one day I'm going to be able to do that and so funny enough I got gifted light language this is quite a story too but basically I ended up at a Christian conference (laughs) one of my One of my then business partners was very, very Christian. She's very much into it. God saved her life kind of thing. And I was like, all right, I'll check this out. Right. And there were so many signs that God was very present. I actually grew up Catholic. Funny enough, my parents, my atheist parents were like, go to a Catholic school. You'll be safer. I don't know why, but wow. (laughs) So, um, you know, I really believe in God, but we didn't practice. So for me at this point, I believed in God, but I was not very public about it. I felt like oh my gosh, I'm going to impose my, I don't want people thinking I'm going to impose a religion on them. And on the outside, I know logically that would have never been the case. I mean, it's like how I am now talking about my spiritual relationship and it's, it's just my experience of it. And yet it was an internal poke. And so I just saw lots of signs that God was present that you can't, you know, really deny because they're right there. Lots of miracles. And so I just came out of the G closet and I'm like, I believe in God. I did a Facebook live and crying. <laughs> and it was wow. awesome because there were so many people who were like, thank you. We feel the same way. We are so scared to come out of the closet and just say we love God because we don't want anyone else thinking we're like these, you know, I don't want to like judge, but like, be people who get a little too extreme and judge yeah. people because you're not that religion or you're not practicing fully in that religion. And so it almost becomes cult-like, right? And yeah. so for me at the Christian conference, I wanted to get prayed with. And so the person started speaking, they said, repeat after me, you know, and it was, I think the person was like a pastor. So, you know, I believe in the gift of Lord. I believe in the gift of uh, the Lord's tongues. And so I'm like repeating this. And then they started speaking in tongues. And then I'm just like beautifully staring in awe of them. And then they're like, no, no, you too. I'm like, what? So, and then I started trying to speak and copy what they were doing. And my mouth started taking on its life of its own. And they're like, that's your gift. There you go. So I was like, oh my God. I can speak tongues. And so really light language, you know, is it tongues. It's language of love. That's how I see it. And yeah. so from here, then I was just, I was practicing in the car. I'm like, wow, blah, 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 blah. that's not what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> we can actually do what it sounds like in a bit. Here. But I was like playing with it and practicing with it. And I'm like, wow, I can speak. Oh my gosh. I felt like a deeper sense of home within my my spirit now it's yeah I just and so the journey has continued the journey has continued I got into shamanism because for me it was my personal development teacher who's been so impactful in my life Rayam with shots of integrity seminars my husband and I see her as our life coach and her group coaching programs are incredibly life-changing and so 
with her personally developing in shamanism, she then started bringing in the program. And Rayanne's kind of one of those people that I'm like, anything you're you're doing, I'm in because man, it's good juju. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody probably is like, oh my god, that sounds like a cult. But <laughs> honestly, when you truly know the community that you know, we all resonate with community. I hope that yeah. I hope that's another value of mine's community that we find our tribe. And when we find those people that really impact us so profoundly, you know, and, and so like, we want to lean in more. And so for me, with shamanism, it it was because you're taking human psychology, human behavior, the study of that, and then infusing it with spirit. And I'm like, I want to learn more about bringing in and alchemizing psychology and spirit together. And so honestly, Brad, I thought, I'll just take it for like, whatever the the year and let's see. Oh my gosh, it has been the medicine that I've definitely dive deeper into and everything happens in divine timing. I just love how the shamanism has been able to help me be the queen of synchronicities of creating even more magic in this world of knowing that when the thing that's really changed me is knowing well, a principle that's really changed me. And this wasn't from shamanism was from way before with uh, Rayanne is that we take radical personal spiritual accountability that everything is happening for us and through us, not to us. And so when we look at people as mirrors, when we look at situations that we don't like to be in as mirrors for us, when we look at money as a mirror, we get to like release what we want to release. But sometimes we can't do that in the 3D world. Sometimes we actually have to do that in our dreams. And what I mean, and this sounds like this is what the quantum leaping is. You know, there's been some relationships in my life that sometimes, you know, there's a lot of tension there or there's something there that you can't quite, I think everyone can relate to this. You know, sometimes you think you're the person that's right and the other person is like, oh, if only they could change. (laughs) Yeah. But of course, the only thing we have control over is ourselves, our our thoughts, our emotions, our own behaviors. And so sometimes trying to have conversations with these people we have, conflicts with we can't because number one they're not at the same level of consciousness number two maybe they ghosted and maybe they're actually not alive but we have to you know find that way to shift that relationship so it doesn't repeat in our karma patterns but rather we start to move into dharma which is purpose and so a good example is you know many of us can experience if we're single, it's like that same person kind of person keeps walking through the door. Why do I keep magnetizing this same relationship? Ah, that's not working for me. Right. And even with psychology and shifting beliefs, sometimes that's might not be enough. And with shamanism, we're able to clear and neutralize. It's called recapitulate, clear and neutralize the relationship so that you don't ever repeat that same karmic pattern with and bring in these people energetically. And um, what that does is when you clear that, the next time you have a person come in, so the universe will also be like, okay, you're ready for your test. You will have a different reaction. You will respond. You will be in a response of Dharma. No longer will you feel pulled. No longer will you feel hooked in. It's so much magic that happens when we really clear our shit in past lives and parallel universes across lifetimes. It's powerful. Most definitely. 
100% agreed. Rosalind, what do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful? Creating authentic relationships. I think I have a gift of connecting with people and I have a gift of connecting people with people. I always joke that if, if I started a different business, it would be a dating and matchmaking company. <laughs> Because my master's is in marriage and family therapy. I'm certified in life coaching. And then also, I just, I actually have psychic ability to connect people in romantic relationships. Two of the couples that I've connected, one couple's married and with kids, another couple's been together in a very committed relationship and engaged. And then I have the ability to connect people in business. I'm like, oh my gosh, you and you need to know each other. Or like people in my communities <laughs> start to connect and then they go on to become referral partners or even, you know, clients of each other, or they go and do like business together, like joint ventures. So connections are everything. I think it's the reason that of my own personal success and abundance in my life. Um, abundance is not just about money. It's not just about prosperity, but abundance for me is like feeling joyful, feeling fulfilled, feeling healthful and plentiful in all the ways, especially with fulfillment and joy. And for me, the, what makes the world go around are relationships. For sure. I agree with you 100%. Like we said before, that's, that's the cornerstone and foundation of, entrepreneurship. It absolutely is. So speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does the word success mean to you? I love that question. And I feel like I answer it maybe differently each time, depending on <laughs> where in my evolution process it is. So success is me being fully aligned with joy. I feel like it's that simple. And that is the North Star of how I make my decisions. Is this bringing me joy? Is this continuing to bring me joy? What do I need to release so that I can have more joy? What do I yeah. need to bring in so I can create more joy? Because I think, you know, so many times, again, pain turned to purpose. Pain was, I thought that I needed to have societal success check marks, you know, check, 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 check. And then I'll be happy and then I'll be worthy and then I'll be successful. But clearly I've reached that place of quote unquote success and not feel fulfilled. And I know speaking to hundreds, not thousands of entrepreneurs and hearing lots of stories, that's a really common theme that we think that we hit all these societal markers and yet we don't feel fulfilled. So what is fulfillment? I think it's when we are being fully authentic with ourselves, we keep growing, and then we are contributing to the world. So whatever way that is, I mean, if we're being who we are, we're contributing to the world because we're in joy. We're not projecting our shit around onto other people because only people who are not happy, who are not secure, who are not in joy project. And so it's really looking at what is fully aligning with my joy right now. Beautiful. Love it. What is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? Oh yeah. What was your life like before you learned it? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Okay. We, I love this question. So I love all your questions, Brad. So (laughs) thank you. Take the concepts of victim versus accountability. In fact, I have a podcast episode. I think it was my 
third episode ever of Activate Your Soulgasmic Business where I shared this. It's a thing that changed my life. And this is a book by one of my mentors, Jay Facet, called Reframe Your Blame, but also Integrity Seminars. Jay and Rayanne were partners and they taught the same material. And so what it is, is victim is life is happening to me and accountability is life is happening for me and through me. And there's three levels of victimism, three levels of accountability. And so at the most radical spiritual accountability level, it's knowing that, and I know this might sound a little out there for some people, but knowing that we as souls having a human being experience, we chose a time we were born. We chose our parents. We chose experiences that were happening with us because we're here to learn our lessons and we're here to evolve so that we don't repeat karmic patterns. And so a really great children's book that I love and I love to read with my kids is called Little Soul and the Sun. And it's by the same author who wrote Conversations with God. And it's all about soul contracts that before you come here on earth, your soul is having an agreement with another soul. So okay. the person that's your father or your mother, the person that becomes your partner, the people that will come into your life. You and me, Brad, we had a soul contract. Yeah. soul contracts. And so yeah. it's like, we came down here. We had an agreement before coming down here in these meat suits to say, okay, this is what our relationship is going to be. And then I'm going to do this to you, which you're not going to like for example, and okay. you're going to, and I'm only doing this because you're going to need to learn forgiveness, for example. And so everything that happens is happening for us that when we, and I think it's really important, honor your feelings, honor, all feelings are healthy, honor the anger, honor like everything. We must feel that or else we're going to bypass and we don't want to bypass because that's going to come up in the future then. So we, we want to be able though to get to a place where we can see the person that's triggering us so much or the situation that's triggering us so much is actually a teacher. And that's where our medicine is. If we allow ourselves to lean into that trigger to go, what's here for me? Why is this triggering me so much? What's my beliefs around this? How can else can I see this differently? You know, and what's the lesson I'm supposed to learn here? And oftentimes you'll hear it's surrendering. It's forgiveness. Yeah. It's letting go. It's not being as attached to whatever it is. And it's easier said than done, let me tell you. (laughs) (laughs) But when you get to the other side, you become free. Because now everything is neutral until you put meaning to it. And how you do that is based on your belief system. So if something triggers you, then it's time to look at what is that about? What do you need to do to maybe it's speaking up? Maybe it's saying boundaries. Maybe it's surrendering. Like, again, it depends on the situation. But you free yourself from the trigger when you lean in and go through it. That was one Beautiful. of my most potent lessons. And I take that every day into my life when something happens I don't like that triggers me that, uh-oh, you know, like, isn't going my way. My God, Brad, I say the most expensive, like my biggest lessons come expensively, usually <laughs> both financially and emotionally. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, what's beautiful is I can course corrects right away. Like the more we stay in our power, the more we see things from that place of this is happening for me. And I just need to really figure out how is this happening for me? Because it doesn't feel good. But has for me, I'm able to quickly repair it. So I can tell a juicy example. Yeah, sure. So recently, I had a client 
this is why I call in the clients I do now. I've had clients in the past that were victims and that were seeing like, like not being coachable and they were not looking at me like I was trying to be supportive and they hadn't done enough of their trauma work that they thought I was like, they saw me as their mother. And I was like, I'm not your mother. (laughs) This is years ago. So now I have clients who take radical responsibility. And I think it's because I've cleaned up my energy. I'm not calling in any sort of victim stuff. Anytime I see a victim energy in my life, I'm like, okay, I'm going to use that as a mirror. Where my life am I showing up as a victim? And so recently I had a client who actually called me out with so much love. She's like, hey, I am just noticing that we're not having as many calls as you had promised me in my contracts. And I'm like, really? So it looks, I'm like, oh my gosh, you are so right. And so of course I took accountability and I said, I am so sorry. Clearly, and honestly, Brad, I think lately, I don't know if you saw that post, but I, I, pretty sure I have ADHD and it's been (laughs) more as I'm scaling my business to the next level. So I'm like, Oh shit, here it is. And so this is where authentic relationships is key because this client was like, girl, I get it. I have the same stuff. And also the fact that I was able to just be human and just be like, I apologize. I'm going to make this right. And I was able to make it up to her and create something that felt like a win-win-win for both of us. And so in the past, I will say that that would not have happened that quickly. And like to have a relationship with a client where it was so easily repairable, I definitely have learned lots of lessons. And I think this is a celebration. I didn't see it as a bad thing. I was like, this is so beautiful that I have these kind of relationships with my clients where we can just be human together and we can understand our humanness and we can work through this together knowing nobody's against each other. And then I was able to look into my business, the energy of my business and my business systems and myself, of course, because that's, I mean, the success of your business is based on your own psychology. And I noticed where my own gaps were. And I immediately was able to close them and then shift the energy of everything within two days. And so what that looks like is a tighter community, more impacts, more success for my clients, the ripple effects, like literally everything shifted. So I was like, wow, that was me sharing an example of how I literally clean up my energy. See nothing. I I, I have to have those conversations, those brave conversations, those hard conversations. I'd say the tough conversations. Yeah. And own up my shit. There's no ego yeah. involved. Like I would say back in the day, this is where like life really is. We never come home to ourselves. And <laughs> even when we die, we're <laughs> constantly stripping our ego. So we're just being here as who we are, having transparent, brave conversations to figure out for me, that concept is a win-win-win is also really important. Rosalind, what does the word empowerment mean to you? You know, when you say that word, I, often I feel words in energy. And okay. I feel fire. I feel it in my belly. And that's a sacral chakra. It's an energy center of self-worth. It's the energy center of mm, our sexual energy, which at its highest form is creative energy. And I really believe it's the birth place of how we start to manifest. And so when I hear empowerment, it is us listening to our desires and taking that and birthing it out into the world in our power. Love it. And then lifting each other up 
to empower each other too. Okay. We're going to jump into a little rapid fire section. Yes. Here. So the next grouping of questions is just be one, two, three word answer type thing. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. How would you describe yourself in one word? Love. If you're writing your autobiography, what would the title be? Warrior. If you could teach the world one thing, what would it be? Presence. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? This is a hard one. Because <laughs> honestly, Brad, I feel like I have everything I want. Okay. So can I say with that connotation, you can never buy love with okay. money. There you go. What is your favorite self-care practice? Okay, I'm going to be really juicy here, but masturbate. Anything so <laughs> All <cool>? right. <laughs> Hey, when you have orgasms, it allows you to manifest. Well, there you go. What is your biggest fear? That my kids go before I do. That concludes our rapid fire section. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> what is one lesson your career has taught you that you think everyone should learn at some point in their life? Energy is everything. In the last two years, what new belief behavior or habit has most improved your life? Focus. What is the most important lesson you've learned in business? Well, I feel like it's the same answer as before, taking radical personal and spiritual accountability and building authentic connections. There we go. That connection piece. I see a theme and a thread here, Rosalind. Yeah. <laughs> Can you hear my valley? <laughs> yeah. If you had the opportunity to sit down and have a one-hour conversation with one woman, any woman in the world, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh, I would love to sit down with Marie Forleo. She is one of my idols, I will say. And it's funny because I think everybody knows Marie Forleo. <laughs> she is a life and business coach. She's been on Oprah. She's hilarious. She's like this girl from New Jersey that has this really fun energy. She's got a TV show. It's really interesting because I have clients. I've never taken her program B-School, but clients who have taken my Client Attraction Academy, they're like, you remind me of Marie Forleo. And I'm like, that is such a huge compliment. Thank you. I've never <laughs> her B-School, but like just, I think it's because she brings in herself and she brings in fun into the business and she's here to help people create a life and business they desire. And I just feel like if I was to sit down with her, I, I feel like we could be really good friends, first of all. <laughs> and I could pick her brain about, you know, just all the things and, and lessons that she's learned. I know she's written books, but just to have that real conversation that often doesn't get translated in books the same way, right? If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? You are enough. That is a very powerful sentence, short sentence, but very, very powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lastly, Rosalind, if you were to deliver your last 30 second speech to the world, like your tribe, your corner of the world, your people, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? What words of wisdom would you impart? I'm going to channel this one. All right. It is safe to be you in this world. It is safe for you to show up as who you are. It is safe for you to speak your desires and move into your desires and live out your desires. It is safe for you to take that leap of faith birth your ideas into the world. Do that thing that you've been wanting to do. Don't wait. Don't let your dreams die inside you. Let you yourself 
lead your dreams let your dreams lead you let yourself be here to create a life fulfilled to create impact by who you are to touch lives by being who you are you matter and i love you beautifully said thank you so much for that rosalind this was an absolute pleasure you are such an incredibly inspiring and beautiful soul and i am so grateful for our connection our friendship and for you making the time to be here with me today and share about your story and your journey it has been an absolute pleasure keep shining your bright and beautiful light out into the world and being the beautiful soul that you are thank you so much brad for being you i so appreciate our connection I so appreciate and see you for who you are and what you're doing in the world. And I deeply believe in you. Thank you so much for being a conscious man, for supporting women to get their message and impacts out there. Thank you for seeing me and acknowledging that. I really, truly appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. Thank Thank you. you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Rosalind Fung. She is an Akashic Visibility business coach, a facilitator and trainer, flourishing life coaching and certification, a speaker, a three-time international best-selling author, a kick-ass second-degree black belt, a Reiki master, a multidimensional healer, and a shamanic practitioner. Thank you so much, Rosalind. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.